Hey, hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I'm your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Pretty good, pretty good. How about you? Doing well, doing well. We, uh... We know we're a week late, but this time there's an actual real reason for it. Right now, we are in the same room together, (laughs) which we have not been since Leap Day 2020. It's insane that we've been doing this that long in general. And it's also, we're in in our friend's uh, kitchen, so it might sound a little different. (laughs) But but yeah, we we figured to do this last show of the podcast um, together in the same room is better than having it sound... Uh, consistent with the other episodes, I guess. Yeah, it's true. We haven't done an episode in person together since episode 24 of the actual TV series. Yeah, which is crazy. Like mid-first season. (laughs) Wild. (laughs) But anyway, so here we are. We are now we're doing the top 10. This is it, the home stretch. It's amazing. A perfect episode to be hanging out with you in person to be doing this one. Exactly. And that's why we uh, kind of pushed for it to make sure it happens. Just to let you know, all our friends are outside by the pool right now and we're in the kitchen doing this podcast. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon, but uh, it's wonderful. You guys want to watch us do our podcast? They're like, no, thanks. Yeah, no, we'll we'll hang out by the pool, nerds. Like, yeah, (laughs) I understand completely. We thought about doing the podcast by the pool, but it might be too distracting. For sure. One of these days we'll do one by the pool. At our friend's house. <laughs> so anyway, we're getting into it. We got number 10. Hit us. Number 10. The girl I knew somewhere. You tell me that you've never been this way before. You tell me things I know that I've heard somewhere. You're standing in the places and you're staring. Say about the girl I knew somewhere really bad. Like it, it's an awesome jam, it, but it's not like a jammy jam. It's true. It's true. It's another uh, Mike Nesmith penned tune that he handed off to Mickey to sing, and uh, it's a winning combination throughout the history of the Monkees, as you know. Mm-hmm. And this was the first song I got put out that they play all the instruments on. It was the B side to a little bit me, a little bit you. Now, there's a tasty slab of vinyl right there, wouldn't you say? Heck, yeah, that's a great one. Great one for the era, for sure. For real. And every time I think of this tune, I think of the show, and uh, they're jumping across the little, uh, (laughs) wherever, the planetary, whatever, and there's like a water feature that they're just kind of leaping across. Mm -hmm. It's it's pretty evocative of that. And uh, we'd be remiss if we did not mention the live 1967 version of this tune, eh, Paco? Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Again, the best part about Live 1967 is it just sounds like a bunch of dudes banging out some songs. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, no exception by any means. and almost elevates it beyond what it was because it's these guys pulling it off. I just can't put my finger on what it is that says to me, watch out, don't And like we said, it's a mic tune and they were giving her, they didn't have to like play along with the uh, studio version of the song. This was them playing that song originally. So yeah, 
that's pretty neat. And that's if we need to plug live 1967 one more time, it really bridges <laughs> that gap from the, the show band to the real band. Yeah, it's I'm I've said it before, but because the last episode, I'll say it again. I'm so happy that exists. And it, it did take a long time to come out, obviously, yes. but it is a perfect example of what the monkeys were live. And it's fantastic. And it's incredible, like, due to all the, the screaming and stuff, it's great that they were able to get enough of the show to, to like, be able to make it a, a, a listenable CD. Yeah. I was going to say edible for the ears, which <laughs> I'm going to go with anyway. It's edible for the ears. Yes. Delish. <laughs> so that's number 10, The Girl I Knew Somewhere, written by Mike, sung by Mickey. Great tune. Indeed. Indeed. All right, now coming in, single digits. We busted into single digits here. Damn. And uh, there's no one else I'd rather be doing this podcast, Jeff, Ah. than you and I. Oh, man, oh, man. That's that's my favorite one yet. (laughs) You and I have seen what time does have I remember hearing you and I off the box set. Yes. And it was one of those ones that perks you up. It's my favorite Davy Jones sung song. Mm-hmm. It, the guitar is manic and awesome. Is it Neil Young that plays? Uh, yes, it's Neil on this one. Yeah. It's, there's another song that we think is Neil, but it's not. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're, we're going to talk about that shortly. Yeah. But this is definitely Neil. And because I think it's mentioned in the box set, like, why, why should I get a guitar player who sounds like Neil Young when I could just get Neil Young? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Chip, Chip or whoever was working on this record said that, yeah. Yeah. And it's also got um, uh, oh, Hal Blaine on the drums. Yes. With, with the, the Roto-Toms. I read the end when it goes all the way around your yeah. head and it's just unbelievable. If, if you've never listened to the song on headphones, just do it for the last three seconds of the song, essentially. And even with how you said the first hooks you win with that Neil riff and the, the toms going around just a little bit, a little taste yeah. of that. Da-ba-doom, ka-doom, yeah. ka-doom. And uh, Hal Blaine, I don't, this is, I'm going to mention a piece. I mean, he is the you know, legendary drummer, like the legendariest of the legendary. But some of his best work is on the closing credits of Three's Company. <laughs> Let me tell you. I'll send it's it to true. you so you can post a snippet of it because he just goes off. Three's company was videotaped in front of a studio audience. Unbelievable. <laughs> and was he the inventor of the Roto Tom? Um, uh, they might have been at least invented for him. Yeah. And like, like he got to like use them first yeah so if you don't know what a rototom is it's like instead of having a drum with the wood under it like being like a cylinder mm. it's just like a rim that the drum is on essentially and there's no depth to it it's just pulled yeah. tight on the the rim and it's like three on a rack a little one a medium one and a bigger one like like the three bears yeah <laughs> <laughs> you get uh, yeah my, my my drummer's got one of those. But with this one, Davey coming out of the gate, the way he sings it is fantastic. That mm-hmm. guitar wailing behind was great. The drums are great. The bass is great. Yep. It's a great song. And Davey himself co-wrote this with uh, Bill Chadwick, who's 
got his name on quite a few of these monkeys too. He's kind of an underrated contributor to the sphere of monkeys music. And um, it sounds like he's singing this to Mickey. <laughs> when you get to it's it. It's true. That's a good, yeah, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, because we've got more growing to do, me and you, and the rest of them too. Yeah. Like, it's pretty much autobiographical. You can't, it's ask, true. That's, you can't yeah. think he's playing a character because this is from Instant Replay, which, as we've mentioned, is um, like a concept record about disillusionment and loss and the passage of time. And there's no Peter on the cover. And they're kind of working separately. It's produced by the monkeys, but in different locations, basically. Yeah. And with different musicians. Like this is they've gone all the way with it where they're not they're making their music, but just not together. Yeah, that's always weird to me when bands do that. They're not every band gets to do that, but no. the monkeys got to do it like this. Yeah. Due to the nature of the the monkeys project. And this obviously means that is a series wrap. For all instant replay. There you go. In general, not a lot of our favorite tunes are on this record. I think a few episodes ago when I went through the, the album ranking, it ends up pretty low, but this tune alone is pretty high. Mm -hmm. It's a killer tune. It appears to be our favorite Davy tune. Yeah. And uh, it just, and uh, we've, instant replay has a tune higher than More of the Monkeys <laughs> in good times. <laughs> uh, can you believe it? It's craziness. So that's number nine. You and I, the instant replay version. Yeah. Do not get it confused. With don't, the, don't get it twisted. The, the justice other one, version? The other one's cute. It's also the Dolan's Jones Boyce and Hart version. That's right. Which reminds me, folks, uh, Paco's wearing the shirt again. Yeah. And just wearing the monkey's 50th mm -hmm. shirt as mm -hmm. well for our, for our big final when show. When they here. came to town at the casino, uh, Mickey and Peter, that was the show. That's great. That seems like such a different lineup you know it's usually mickey and davy yes. and have mickey and peter or mickey peter and davy it yeah. was strange to, yes it's very strange that was the one where they <laughs> side note davy sang the song through the pa everybody sang along with him because i think it was their first tour without him no oh. and it was a trip that'd be tough all right so what we got here number eight very important song to me you just may be the one Bright as the sun Someone to understand them And you just may be the one It's got that great bass intro Gets oh. you right into it And yeah, fantastic Mike sung song It's true And uh, <laughs> you probably also do the bass line On the episode we pulled this on Way back, episode 5 Wow, day 2 of recording Day 2 of recording <laughs> Today you could do that. The first one. Oof. Go get us one. Boom. You just may be the one. Ooh. Ooh. There you go. Ooh. And to be honest, one of my favorites. Yep. It and is. It's a good one. <laughs> We're always happy to pull a song we like. But, you know, that was, that was pretty quick for this one. And we mm -hmm. probably knew that there wasn't going to be many tunes ahead of this one. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a song sung by Mike, written by Mike. Doesn't, oh yeah, it didn't make it on an album until Headquarters. 
but it shows up on the show way before headquarters mm-hmm. with the yeah. studio musicians and everything. And I prefer that version. Cause, like the bass it sounds bigger and everything. I mean, there's there's like you know, subjective reasons why we like the the headquarters version because they're all playing oh, it together. And yeah. All this. Yeah. But it just sounds massive and cool. And that was one of the first songs I ever like watched a dude on TV and could tell he's that's an A chord. That's a D chord. Oh, nice. And like I could play this song. And I talked to Mike about that when I got to speak to Mike Nesmith over Zoom during the demi. And it was a fucking highlight of my life. And he's just one of the one of the only celebrities I've ever actually wanted to meet. Yeah. And I was iffy to meet him in person, tell you the truth. I so was this, there this was like well. the perfect way to do it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking for that thing, because it said, oh, you have 10 to 15 minutes with him. And I didn't know what Mike was like. He always seemed kind of curmud- curmudgeonly or whatever. <laughs> yes. But remember curmudgeon. And so I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. And then as soon as it started, he was like the raddest guy in the world. And you just, he made you feel like he was your friend. Right away, man. Yeah. It was very cool. He was a very welcoming dude. We yeah. talked about a lot of cool stuff. And it's, yeah. it's just awesome. I was like, <laughs> I caught myself once or twice telling him about him. And I felt kind of embarrassed. <laughs> but, you know, it's, that's how it goes. And it was just, it was very cool. Yeah, it was awesome. And I know we've talked about it many times. We ended up talking for like 45 minutes. <laughs> and it's an episode on Podcast Valley Sunday. You, you don't say. Conversation with Michael Nesbeth. Yes. Probably our most listened to episode. <laughs> You'd have to probably bootleg my conversation somehow. But anyway. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. We'll get it out there. <laughs> so, yes, this is one of the Monkey's Tunes, You Just May Be the One, that has at least three versions. Mm-hmm. At least three versions. Or Yeah. It's got the Missing Links version, which was the show edition. Yep. There was the, it was the B-side, Do I Want to Be Free? Weird. Which that might be an international thing. I don't know. I don't know if that happened around here, because like I got that in my notes. I'd have to look that up, folks. Mm-hmm. Because that's neat. Because back then Mike was getting a tune per side, but he had so many tunes, couldn't use them all. They got on the show, but they didn't come out on a record or a single. Hmm. But it, this might be a this an international B side, like a UK thing where they put out Davy songs in the UK or whatever. Oh, makes sense. Yeah, and then of course the headquarters version where they play that they play it themselves it is still wicked rad, and uh, it's one of our favorite tunes. Yeah, single digit good. Yeah, as they say. And I also say that like, the background when he starts soaring and like I guess it'd be the chorus. Yes, the voice goes high, the vocals in the background come in. It's just it feels yeah it feels like you're soaring. It's a perfect yeah Nesmith vehicle and it's awesome. comes up with a lot of rhymes for uh it's just the same rhyme again and again and again but it's like the beastie boys yeah it's like it's not even of course like an a part and a b part because he says the title at the end of the a part but then the part you're talking about the i saw when you walk by and it just keeps rhyming again and again and then at the end of that it goes here i go again yeah and it just kicks into the song again like uh like a folk tune that just you could just sing yeah. all day long. Singing around by the fire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Love that tune. You picture him in the red shirts. Yep. No, and, yeah, for sure. And it's just... Uh, it's awesome. It's a great monkey song. One of our favorites. Obviously, if you're paying attention. Yeah. 
And with that, um, you won't believe it. That's a wrap on headquarters, folks. Yo, there you go. <laughs> Round of applause for headquarters. We've, we've talked about it. Before. We don't have to talk about it now. Just a incredible accomplishments in pop culture. Yeah. And for the monkeys themselves, it was the, the turning point for everything. And a week later, Sergeant Pepper came out the end. Yeah. Truth. Truth. <laughs> At least it wasn't the same day. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> So that brings us now to number lucky seven, another Mike Nesmith tune. <laughs> Listen to the band. Woo! Listen to the band. Weren't they good? They made me happy. I think I can make it alone. Oh, mercy, woman plays a song. And no one listens. I need help. I'm what is tune? This was one of our, when it got pulled, we were happy to see it for sure. Yes. Like, this kind of sent us down the rabbit hole a bit right away because this is on what we call the Orange record, mm-hmm. the Monkey's Greatest Hits, but it's not like a show song. It was a weird song on the Greatest Hits. I remember thinking, like, I don't, I've never heard this one before when I first heard it. And, like, that's when you got to find, like, a Monkey's disc- discography in, like, a book about rock bands and find out <laughs> where... The song came from. We didn't have. We couldn't just look it up on our phone or something, right? It's boop, different. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop. <laughs> what are you trying to do here? It was different times, and you had to like do the research. And this was on a single disc, best of of the monkeys, and it had a a couple deep cuts. And this was one of them. And it's really one of the ones we fell for. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It has like the, the horn section going on, and in Mike's book, he said when he got to record this song. This was like a turning point for him personally and how he would approach things and how he would uh, handle being in the studio mm-hmm. with like the heavies, essentially. And uh, so it's a very important uh, song for Mike. Yes. And just a very important song for the, like the monkeys in general because of mm-hmm. what it was doing in the studio and like one of the monkeys taking charge for of real. what was going on in the studio. Speaking of how important it is to Mr. Mike Nesbeth, this is his first A-side for the monkeys. There you go. I mean, it was on Monkeys Present. That's a wrap on Monkeys Present. Boom. <laughs> Dropping like flies. <laughs> wow. That's, I don't know where the, the previous song for Monkeys Present is. But way before this one. <laughs> and uh, it was also a single, like we said. It's first A-side. Made it all the way up to 63. Hmm. Oh, if only they had a TV show or something to help promote their music. Yeah. However, it was on 33 to 3rd Revolutions Per Monkey, and I think it was like a month before mm-hmm. the song came out or something. The timing was all screwed up as far as the song, when they did it on TV, and like when it came out on vinyl. I, like Something was botched. The timing was off. It's so weird. It's yes. like, how do you screw this up? And like on our countdown, on our video countdown on the YouTube, we finally get to mention that. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed, but the version of this is like the entire take from uh, 33 and a third where Mike's tapping on the mic and he's he's getting yelled at for not tapping in rhythm. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think I'm tapping in rhythm? He gets pretty upset. But eventually they play the song and it's for sure the last time the four of them play together on TV. Mm-hmm. It might be the last time the four of them play together, except for like on tour. I think Peter did one more tour and then he was gone. But 
<laughs> but it's mostly consists of the boys getting yelled at while they're trying to make it this, this TV show. And eventually they start playing. Mike's on the guitar. Peter's on the wicked awesome like electric piano. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. He's tearing it up. Yeah. Mickey's on the drums. And the drums have like a set list on it. And you can't quite make out what's on I want to know what's on that set list. Davey's strutting around with the tambourine. But it's the four of them playing the song. It's wicked awesome. Yeah. And a whole bunch of hippie weirdos come in. <laughs> including like the band from 33 and a third oh brian auger and the the girl oh yeah. you know dollar store jefferson airplane whatever they were called yeah <laughs> well again we'll mention it cause we don't probably want to talk about uh 33 and a third again oh why not <laughs> but that scene of all the greats the early Ooh. rock and roll greats playing piano on a piano on a piano on a piano that was pretty neat it was amazing when i saw it because i had never seen 33 and a third until i got the box set mm. and like like the dvd box or the blu-ray box set yeah, yeah. and uh <laughs> it blew my mind that scene i was like how is this not something everyone talks about like it's like fats domino uh jerry lee lewis uh, also in 69 those dudes were kind of passe yeah and that's probably why they're available for this Odd little thing <laughs> they were doing, special, yeah. which was going to be the first of a few, and then there wasn't anymore. Yeah, thanks a lot, rock and roll legends, <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> but that was like, uh, yeah, them playing "Listen to the Band" is basically the end of the the TV monkeys. Yeah, as far as the four of them were concerned, until mid nineties. We'll get to that another day. Yeah, yeah, we have a few songs coming up on the countdown. Yeah, we got to get to those first. Wait, we we don't. I mean, from Justice. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no, we don't. Oh, Justice out there catching strays. I think we had a, a, a rap on Justice <laughs> was in three the tri- episodes ago. The, the triple digits. Yeah, number 101. We're done with Justice. Just <laughs> kidding, Justice. We, we don't dislike you as much as we're pretending to right now for laughs. Yes, I'm wearing a Justice shirt. I, we were kidding about the other shirt. <laughs> I'm not even wearing a shirt, but I have a Justice <laughs> it's, tattoo it's on gross. my chest. It's gross. <laughs> it's true. So that was number seven. Listen to band. 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 Which, band. <laughs> brings us to number six. Ooh, dramatic pause. Circle Sky. Woo! <laughs> Now, for me, Circle Sky, I didn't hear the studio version of it for a very long time. And once again, we'll go back to those tapes I found mm-hmm. at the used record store because I got the head tape. That was the first time I heard Circle Sky, the studio version, because the live version was on the box set. Yes. And the live version was also on Missing Links Volume 2. Correct. And so that was all I knew. kind of weird to hear the studio version because it seems to really lack like the balls of the live version like it doesn't have that cool bass line it that seems Peter's rushed playing. it seems this kind of slapped together and thin it sounds very thin yeah and that is out of the three versions of the song that exist <laughs> if you can believe it there like Paco mentioned there's the the one it's actually in the movie the live version there's the one that's on the soundtrack which is fun if you think tambourine should be the lead instrument <laughs> of rock and roll, but it's also on their comeback album, 
Paco has tattooed on his chest justice. So we still did have a justice song coming up. Damn it! <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. So Circle Sky, damn you, Circle Sky. <laughs> but it was this was a song I brought to guitar lessons when I was in high school, and so I like it's one of the ones I know how to play. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a great. It's like a rockin' tune. The the one they play all four guys on stage and head mm-hmm. really rips. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah a great song I think obviously because it's number six. With some Vietnam footage here and there. Like, yeah, that's tough. It's just different times, man. I guess. How come yeah. no one liked this movie? Yeah. As far as our podcast goes, we pulled this the first day that we were pulling tunes, which is episode two wow. of Podcast Valley Sunday. So obviously, wow. it was our first number one. And it was number one until episode eight. Yeah, again, it's one of those tunes. Not many tunes are going to be ahead of this one. And we are correct. Only five tunes. Yeah. Managed to pull up the head of Circle Sky during the duration of our uh, thing. Yeah, the entire time. Like, that's some, that's some staying power. Long story short, we like this tool. It's sweet. By the way, <laughs> that's not a rap on the head soundtrack, folks. Yeah, but it is a rap on justice. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. So, here we have at number five, top five, feeling alive. <laughs> We've got Love is Only Sleeping. Turned away and said, Once I loved, but love is dead. And I whispered, Sometimes love is only sleeping. Back to the rainbow room we go, folks. Man, what a tune. This one holds up so well for me, at least. Like, I love that riff. The drop D. The drop D in 7 4 time is like do dee, do dee, do dee, do dee, do. It's like uneven. So it's like the whole thing is kind of askew. Yeah. I actually read in an interview that Kim Tail from Soundgarden, the, the tuning and the timing of this song was a big influence on the re- Soundgarden sound. I remember you reading that to me, Paco. It's, yeah. It, it was impactful in our rock and roll. Life. Yeah. And you can picture. Uh, Chris Cornell singing this. I wish they covered this. Me too. I think they should. And actually, um, Rick White, who's a Canadian musician, he was in a band called Eric's Trip, and they had a band called Elevator to Hell and Elevator Through and all these, an elevator. Uh, he put out this, this uh, thing on uh, Bandcamp, and it's all these 60s tunes, and he covers Love is Only Sleeping, and it is awesome. for Rick White and you can find Love is Only Sleeping. Didn't he do a whole other monkeys thing previously? When um, Mike Nesmith passed away 
he recorded a bunch of Mike Nesmith monkeys tunes <laughs> and, uh, they were all fantastic. It was, a, it's a great little record too. Also on Bandcamp, so You can check it out, listen to it there. And, uh, but yeah, this song, uh, again, one of my original favorite monkey songs, once we got the box set and I mm-hmm. could hear more songs, this <laughs> one stood out in a big, big way. It's true. It's written by uh, Barry Mann and Cynthia Wheel, who are uh, Brill-building legendary songwriters. Their co-workers there were Carol King and Neil Diamond. We see a pattern with a lot of these What tunes. a bunch of hacks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she wrote a bunch of tunes. She, she just passed away not too long ago. But they wrote the title tune for Christmas Vacation. Huh. <laughs> wow. They wrote Here You Come Again by Dolly Parton. They wrote Hungry by Paul Revere and the Raiders. Whoever had Paul Revere and the Raiders on their uh, podcast, Valley Sunday Bingo Board, you got there they are. Yep. They wrote for pretty much everybody since the 60s. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2010. And uh, most Ooh. importantly to us, they wrote Love is Only Sleeping. Yeah. By the Monkees. And we love this tune. Yeah. And yeah, like we said, it's a rainbow room probably early in the day because Mike still got the suit on with the frilly sleeves hanging out. Yeah. And it's like, wow, what a look. What a Mike look. Just the, just the hippie on the wrists, and, but he's got the, the, the power suit, the necktie and everything. It's like, there's, there's Mike Nesmith in 1967 right there. And again, I always bring up background vocals, but this has some dreamy background vocals Ooh. like coming up to the chorus. It's another song. You don't know what the chorus is, what the verse is. There's a bridge because like, it's a Nesmithy tune, but yeah. he has to sing the chorus, which I... Or has to sing the title, which he, he's not always fond of. Not super duper thing. But in this fact, one. In fact, here's Mike Nesmith to talk about singing the title of a song. I don't understand why you need to sing that. It's written down on the back of the record. <laughs> Do I sing the chords too? Do I say A chord, C chord, D chord? No, you just know what it is. <laughs> Thank you, Nes. Anytime. <laughs> Number five, Love is Only Sleeping. Anything else to say about that one? No, just amazing. And I wouldn't have been surprised if it was higher, which shows you how the next four songs are just like, look out, Jack. It is kind of a trip. And it was supposed to be a single, but there was like a manufacturing problem. What the hell? And it didn't. And then that kind of, it was iffy to begin with because of the title. And the, the, it was like risque back in 67. To Come on. Right. Yeah. A song about love and sleeping at the same time. That's a e, a gi, a yeah. e. It used to be love is only boning. <laughs> <laughs> That's number five. Love is only sleeping. I get to do number four. It is my honor to induct into the randomatic countdown from the Will Had a Mystery. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Woo! Another pleasant valley Sunday. Charcoal burning everywhere Rows of houses that are all the same And no one seems to care So this song, obviously, we've mentioned it before, but way back in the early 90s when we were in high school, we used to set up a video camera and have like our own talk show <laughs> called The Jeff Cameron Show. That's and uh, our intro music was... Uh, uh, Pleasant Valley Sunday. It's true. And so that song for me is always has a really tight connection 
to our youth. It's a oh. part of our heritage. Yeah. Yes. That was my show. <laughs> we Watched by uh, tens of people. <laughs> Speaking of stuff, is nearly impossible to bootleg. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we wanted a, an up and let's go tune. And you can't get much more up and let's go than Pleasant Valley Sunday. Up and let's go. <laughs> and yeah. It's a great tune. I think when we, we pulled this, we mentioned this, but the song makes you feel about what the song is about. Like having <laughs> ah. an outdoor barbecues, yeah. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Charcoal burning everywhere. Yeah. yeah, the song gives you that vibe. It's like when we go outside after this, this is a song we want to play. <laughs> For real. And it's like timeless uh, social commentary, stuff that was true back in 67. It's still true today. And... Um, about just suburban life and the houses that all look the same mm -hmm. and very little has changed. Yeah. And no but one seems to care. TV in every room. Yeah. That's a TV in every hand. Like <laughs> we're just watching TVs everywhere. That's right. And this is uh, another Goffin and King number. Had a few of those on the countdown, mm -hmm. as you mentioned, and it's not our last one either, but. Pleasant Valley Sunday has got the killer guitar riff. going to say the opening riff is fantastic. The killer vocals by Mr. Mickey Dolans and the backgrounds from the rest of the gang too. When Davey does the ta-ta-ta-tia, <laughs> it's awesome. A little extra vowel or two. Awesome background vocals again in this song. Very cool. And like the Mike and Mickey blend is switched up because Mike's screaming at the background vocals this time. It's yeah. Great. It's awesome. And when he does the, the Pleasant Valley Sunday at the end and Mickey comes up on top. Oh, the, the high, high Pleasant Valley yeah. Sunday. Which he still does in the shows. If we're watching the show and we're like, oh, is he going to do it? And he does it. Yeah. And then the crowd always cheers because he's hitting. like he's, he's, he's hitting those notes. And he's got the new, like, thicker Mickey voice that he has now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's, yeah, it's amazing. Yes. And like we said, they, they shoot the promo video in the Rainbow Room. Yep. I kind of picked, like, a lo-fi version of it for the countdown just to see what it used to look like. Just to remind everybody, like, sometimes you get a video of the monkeys. And it looks like shit. But you'll watch yeah. it a thousand times. <laughs> because this is all you got, man. And it's the Rainbow Room. It's a wrap on the Rainbow Room, by the way. Look out. And um, it, it's, it feels like the monkeys like live there. But that was just like an afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but the, the tunes have endured. The, the imagery. Mm -hmm. what the, with the Mickey and the tablecloth. And just so much from that day just, just resonated throughout the monkey fandom to this day. And it's, I wonder if when, sorry, I wonder if when they're shooting it, they had any idea. It was just like, no, just do a bunch of promos, do a bunch of songs, spit them out. Don't worry about it. But they had no idea that, that they were making this iconic <laughs> look and vibe of the monkeys it's, on that day. Well, it's funny you should mention that because they had a show scheduled in uh, Milwaukee, but it was canceled due to riots. Wow. So uh, let's just go in the rainbow room. We're and stuck bang in out Chicago for the day. Is there anywhere we could uh, shoot something? Crazy. And like. Think of like what percentage of the second season of the monkeys is the rainbow room footage. Yeah. It's, it means a lot from anybody who was watching the show and loved these tunes from this, from where they had the influence, they're making the show, they're making the music on their own terms. They never got to really make the show on their own terms, which is a bummer. Mm -hmm. But this was like a creative and commercial peak for them. Pleasant Valley Sunday. Yeah. 
Fantastic. It was, it was number one. Actually, no, it went to number three. Yeah, you say it's like. But it was also on Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Johns. <laughs> very, very spiffy album. Man, I don't understand how that album was not not like a number one album with all the the or even just higher than it was. Like it's, it just should have been a much more revered album than it than it is. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a bummer, of yeah. course. But we got the songs still. We still got and the they're tunes. still awesome. They still endure. If they were crappy songs, we wouldn't still be talking about it. Exactly. Get out of here, crappy songs. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our number four, Pleasant Valley Sunday, the namesake to our podcast here. Amazing. Podcast Valley Sunday. So now here we are at number three with long title, Do I Have to Do This All Over Again? For me, this song is untouchable in so many ways. That bass is just fantastic. Like I want to buy a bass just to learn how to play this this bass part, and that's all I'll ever learn. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I want to learn. But but in, uh, absent of a bass, Paco, what, what, what does that bass part sound like? Boom, a little boom, It's the beams that make it all yeah, fit together. You gotta do that neck, <laughs> the big slide. Boom. Yeah, I almost blacked out because I didn't take a breath before I started that. But anyway. Tremendous. But it's also got, this was the other song that we and many people thought Neil Young played on. Mm. But it's not Neil Young, is it? It's uh, Stephen Stills. Yeah, so. Neil's best friend of me. Yeah, exactly. And the guy who got Peter the job, essentially, <laughs> on the monkeys. Yes, yes. And, uh, and it, there's that one point where the guitar, you're not sure if it's a guitar or a flute. It's like that. And it's like, what am I listening? And it's awesome. Peter singing it is fantastic. Yes. And uh, there's that part when you're watching it in head and it's all psychedelic and crazy. Super psychedelic. And Mickey's dancing. We're just kind of doing like the Beavis air hump dance. And it's so funny and awesome. And it just feels like. You're plugged into Peter in like 1968. It's really true. You're right there. And it, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And at the end when he's like, he's like kind of screaming, the did eyes and all that. And uh-huh. It's just awesome. I, I love this song so much. Yeah, man. And like after Birds and the Bees and the Monkeys, which had no Peter, he is all over the head soundtrack. Mm-hmm. He sang the song, as you mentioned. He wrote this song. And it just, yes, his whole vibe. <laughs> Of, of hippie Peter Torque seems to be bottled up in this tune. Yep. It is. As he points out in the title, it is indeed a long title. It is. It is. But it's perfect. It, where it comes in head, it just kind of takes over. Like It's after the happy birthday part, right? Yes, yes, yes. And then all of a sudden you're kicked into the song. And like I said, the psychedelic look, 
the song, the vibe, the movie itself. It's just, it's, it's the best part. <laughs> and on the, uh, the video countdown on the YouTube channel, I included that part beforehand where Mike is floating down the hallway yeah. and the video looks like the, the uh, scrambled porn channels on the old cable TV. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, anyone who was alive in the 90s knows what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. But um, we pulled this back in episode eight, the yep. end of day two, and it knocked uh, Circle Sky out the number one spot until episode 20 of the podcast when we pulled... The Porpoise Song. What? And I will say, when we started this countdown, I kind of thought this song at number two, the Porpoise song, was going to be the number one song. It's I, a strong favorite, absolutely. It's been in like multiple shows. It keeps popping up in things. It's a, definitely a song when people hear they're not, they don't think it's the monkeys. <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah, just the, the theme from Head. It's perfect. Where it comes in, it, it bookends the film, essentially. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, as soon as they jump off that bridge and it starts in slow motion and everything, is and then Mickey starts singing. It's a, a perfect, dreamy. It's tune. a perfect tune and the perfect illustration of it, and just yeah, it's hard to separate the song from the movie. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it's a Mickey lead vocal. You can hear Davy giving her on the background. Eh, oh, it's fantastic when he hits those high notes, <laughs> and also how the guitar is almost percussive. Before the goodbye part, like mm-hmm. you really hear the pick on the strings. Yes. They got that ching, 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 ching. And it's just a. Like a, probably a metal pick of some kind. Yeah. Like a dime it, or something. Yeah, it's just ringing out. And it's a perfect song. Friends of mine who like the monkeys and maybe not love the monkeys, but yeah. a lot of them, this is the song they love. Yeah, if you're going to gateway someone into the monkeys, if they're like sort of a cool person, you don't want to. Bring up uh, Auntie Griselda or uh, <laughs> buy me a dog, maybe not, or French song. No, you hit them with Porpoise song. If they're like real cool psychedelic music people, they will find something to like about this tune. Yeah, 100%. It's so awesome. And uh, you're never disappointed when it pops up in something. Yep. And it's a Goffin and King tune. And that'll be a wrap on Goffin and King on the countdown. It's also a wrap on the Ed soundtrack, if you can believe it. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> it, it, it did pretty good with us. For real. I, I, for many, like say like a Monkees fan, but not like a Monkees super fan. Yeah. If you say, oh yeah, the Head soundtrack, that made it all the way up to number two on our countdown. People are like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't even know and, what you're uh, saying. But yeah, and the Porpoise song itself came out as a single. Made it all the way to number 62. Woo! Which I think is how good Head the Movie did that weekend. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't going against Barbie. Oh, it just got steamrolled into the gutter. The Barbie Head weekend. The Barbenheimer. Yeah, the Barbie Head. The Bed weekend. Hey, now. Or Harvey. Harvey. <laughs> Harvey the Lerveberg. <laughs> and now, finally, boys and girls. Holy smokes. Way up here at number one. Number one. The The door door into into summer. summer. If he thought he heard the echoes of a Benny 
Summer is my favorite monkey song, mm-hmm. you know, and I, but I wasn't sure how you felt about it. I don't know how everybody felt <laughs> about it in general, honestly, until there was the live Mike and Mickey show yeah. version that came out and everybody kind of lost their minds. And it was like, <laughs> this has been a favorite song of mine since the box set. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I love it so much. And uh, I, I can't even put a finger on why I love it so much. It just fits so well. The melodies, the the chorus, the chords, everything is just perfect. It is a pretty neat song musically and uh, lyrically. The social commentary kind of like, you know, money bad. Spend time <laughs> doing the things you like. Good. It is good. And uh, it's a Chip Douglas co-write with Bill Martin, who is kind of in and out of the monkey scene quite a bit. And I think he, be- he appears on uh, Name That Drug on uh, Elephant Parts. Oh, wow. So he's, wow. he's in it quite a bit. And speaking of stuff Mike does, this is a song Mike sings with mm-hmm. Mickey in the background. Yeah. And I do believe this is the song they recorded in the bathroom. Yep. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> because he couldn't get the sound right in the studio. So he's, you can find the pictures online. Mike set up the <laughs> mic in the studio bathroom. Yeah, it's awesome. And it's just, uh, it's got a really cool bass line in it. <laughs> the guitar is really nice. It's got that opening like uh, acoustic, slidey acoustic. Yeah, and it's just great. Mike singing, he said, Mickey backup. It's just a great, great, great song, and just gives you really great vibes. And I remember when we saw the Mike and Mickey tour, Oof. and they played this song because I didn't know how the deep cuts were going to go. I didn't know what <laughs> to expect on that tour. I didn't look yeah. up other set lists. I just went to it. Yeah. And, um, and for people who are buying tickets to a monkey show, I wouldn't call it a deep cut. It's like a medium cut. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was on the show. It didn't have like its own. Did it have its own video of them playing it? I don't, I don't know. Or kind of. It doesn't just, jump It's out just a me. background of a romp kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, but, it, but when they did play it live, I was just like, okay. Because I'd never seen it any other oh, show. Oh, man. Me and, neither. Because, yeah, Mike wasn't there until yeah, this one. Yeah, and to have, to hear him sing it. And because his voice was so great Whew. on that tour. Eh, it was it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And then there is that live version that they put out as a single as well from the live album. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And go check that out if you've never heard it. But chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you've heard <laughs> that. Yeah, the number one on our uh, our countdown is that video from the Mike and Mickey show. Yep. Of the show we saw, basically. Well, not maybe not specifically in Toronto, but, but yeah. from that tour with that uh, band, it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Amazing. Just wild to watch. So fantastic. And the, and the uh, background vocals on the outro. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Fading through the door into Fading through the door into summer. Fading through the door into summer. Forget about it. Uh, I, can't, I can't even handle it. <laughs> I, can't even I can't even think about it right now. Yeah. But it is so fantastic. Uh, again, it's been my favorite song almost since I first heard it. It went mm-hmm. to the top of the charts and stayed there. 
It's true. And then there was this massive tunes that with like Pleasant Valley Sunday and this and Love is Only Sleeping and Circle Sky were like mm. our, our favorite bunch of tunes. Yeah. And I, kind of the point of all this was to find out what our, our favoritest tunes were. Yeah. And it, it all checks out. But I think seeing them do it live really put this one over the top for, for me, possibly for you too. Yeah. It, yeah. It couldn't be beat after once they played that at that show. Even though that show had no low points, there was never any song. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to go take a whiz now. Pretty much. I was in it, and they knew what they were doing, and they knew how to dish out the songs. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this song, they knew. They know who came to watch. Exactly. Me and you. And That's they had right. to show off to us. <laughs> For real. Oh, you feel like St. Matthew? <laughs> yeah. Uh, casuals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no D.W. Washburn, TBC. Oh. <laughs> Which is crazy. Where's Laugh? Yeah. Where was laugh? <laughs> Where's the uh, other you and I? <laughs> <laughs> so we could just keep going on about how much we love this song, but just mm. kind of be us in a circle, just uh, talking yeah. about it over and over again. If you want to dig up episode 42, you can hear us talking about it. When we pulled it up the hat and we were kind of like, this is, is it? Yeah, we kind of were like, is it for you too? Because for me it is. And we were like, yep. Let's do this one, number one. So obviously it's been number one since episode 42. For real. Porpoise song was at number one from episode 20 to 42. Yeah, and then 42 onward. Oof. Amazing. And that's a wrap on the Randomatic Countdown. Holy Curtis, courtesy of the Woe Had a Mystery. What a list, I gotta say. And let's, <laughs> we'll do a little talk now, because... This is technically our last episode, but we do have the head episodes we're going to do. Yes. And then we're going to have some specials coming up in the future. Just we're going to mm. keep sprinkling in, but it's going to be a little while before you hear from us so, again. I don't know if it'll be no two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a little longer. We'll see. We used to do eight of these in a day. Can you believe it? That's crazy to think of. But no, yeah. no, no. For no, a day. For a day. For two days. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nuts. Nutty. But with this, the whole wool hat thing, it came episode two. A concept for our monkeys countdown, you see. We could just list our favorite monkey songs in order from last to first. Or we could discuss randomly selected monkey songs and at the same time place them in the countdown. And then ultimately we'll know what our favorite, like, I'm interested in seeing what our like top 12 Mm-hmm. would be not necessarily what's at the very top because it's going to be hard to choose yeah we're going to, have to make There's, concessions it's going to be fist fights yeah jeff you came up with the idea yeah and it was a great idea because we wanted to figure out how to put like the music in and not just talk about the show yeah it was, we were able to talk about the show and then the music yeah every day and this is like kind of the end of that task we put out for us because we made it all the way through the show mm-hmm. and then now we sprinkled these tunes all throughout it and stuck them in the countdown and we got to talk about it now here we are at the end of it yeah in person yeah and it's also like um because we're talking about different ways of doing it and one of the ways we talked about was okay do we do do we start in the middle and go (laughs) each way to the the best song and the worst song Uh. we're trying to figure that out but then your idea of pulling the songs randomly and putting them in a countdown it also helps with where you're going to put these songs. Because yeah. if you just take 167 songs or whatever it is mm-hmm. and f- try to figure out an order for them, that's a tall order. But if you mm, do three real. at a time and kind of place them within and having this idea of, okay, from this song up, like it was usually was yeah. it words, was like from words like 
up. That's like the good stuff. And then from there, the it's kind jellies, of the jellies, the jams, the marmalades. And we had to figure <laughs> out where they were. But I think the way we did this was a lot of fun. It was neat because, yeah, we could have chronologically, or, but then we'd be talking about Poolit for eight weeks or whatever. <laughs> no, pass. So this was kind of neat because, due to the nature of the monkeys, like in the same episode, we're talking about 60s monkeys, 80s monkeys. Talking yeah. about good times. It was neat just kind of jump around just, just because of how the music is and when it came out. It was mm-hmm. very cool and a lot of fun and kind of really kept it interesting, I hope. Yeah, hopefully. At least for us, it did. <laughs> and also, it was cool because we pulled out a song like, I'm not, what is the song again? And we listened to it and we're like, this song is amazing. Like, Yes. Yeah. It, it was a, a great way of reintroducing ourselves to songs we might skip over. For real. Or then getting into songs we love and yeah. hear them again and talk about them. Uh, yeah, and uh, that was almost four years ago. That Which we started is insane. Doing this. So insane. It's pretty neat to be uh, crossing this particular finish yeah. line, I must say. And it's fantastic to be able to do it in the same room. Finally. Which is just a great way. It just happened to work out that way. We we're coming down, so here we are. Yeah, it has been fun doing it over the Zoom, and we've made it work. It sounds pretty neat. It sounds like we're there together. It really does. But this time, yeah, we're there. And it is mostly due to the incredible editing work of, of my cousin Chris Paco. Oh. Sitting across from me, he puts. Why, thank you. This is what he does when he's procrastinating on the Beastie Boy thing. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He just he edits an entire podcast, and it's it's not easy because there's a lot of stuff you don't hear, a lot of false starts, a lot of flubbed words, a lot of this and that, and yeah. you can't even tell. Yeah, and there's it's incredible, and Paco, incredible work. Thank you, I, thank you. I tip I me hat to it. you. Yeah, we're not that good, so I have to clean us <laughs> up quite a bit. <laughs> so, but no, it, it's been a great time. I'm, I'm so happy we did this Monkeys podcast. Like it was just because we were trying to think of a podcast to do, and then when this came up, that was, was like the one. There's no other answer. No, it was perfect. It was perfect to go through the show, yeah. go through the music, go through the albums, and now here we are. We just have one more movie to talk about, and that'll be our next episode at an undisclosed time. We might sneak one in about an episode of the show that came out way after the show winky wink we'll talk about that later winky wink (laughs) so everyone we may as well just wrap this up i guess we could keep stalling on this all day yep so thanks to everybody for checking out our podcast we hope you liked it tell your friends about it you know get more monkeys fans (laughs) to listen to this get some non-monkeys fans to be converted because of this (laughs) (laughs) so from me paco and me jeff have yourselves a monkey's little evening. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.